effort matters. You know what I'm saying? And if, if you try your very best, and I know, I can feel that you're trying, I can see it. Um, and I think I'm pretty intuitive in that sense, especially when it's your own kid, you get to recognize their behavioral patterns. So you know when they're trying, they really are trying. Hi, and welcome to Dad Anil. My name is Mike Trank, and as you can figure, I'm a dad. I feel that's how a lot of other podcasts start, and those dads will tell you what their day is like. They'll probably talk about what it's like being a dad today, too. But along with being a dad by day, I'm also a mental health counselor by night in my own private practice. As a clinician in private practice, and one of those dads sitting in pick-up and drop-off lines for school, I wanted to share what I see in this ever-changing world. So together, let's create the best version of being a millennial dad. Hello everyone, and welcome to Dead Anil. This is episode two. This episode, I'm gonna bring it in a friend of mine from college. I want to introduce my friend, Cesar Fernandez. I've known him for over 25 years. I went to school together in Connecticut. We both live together in the state of North Carolina now. We got to know each other and we have a pretty special relationship, friendship, bond uh, that's lasted for over 25 years. And it's uh, special to me to bring him on because I think he's got a lot to say in terms of the dead Anil piece and his side of what he sees in his world and how he's doing the best he can, what he has and being the best version of dead Anil that he can be. And uh, I'm very happy to, to bring him on today. My first thing I was going to do with you, like I do with most patients, or most you know things of the podcast here, is one to ten. How are you feeling? All right, uh, right now I'm about a five, which is my normal. Uh, which is my normal. Like I'm See, a very even keel cat. You're you're already aware of the whole system there. So right, it's yeah. just that awareness of that's your normal, that's your baseline. So knowing when you're a little bit higher, how to get down. It's very hard for me to go highs and lows. Yeah, just because. But that's okay. Yeah, I, I, I think I think there's been a lot of like over time. There's a lot of like really happy, happy moments and really, really, really sad moments. And yeah. now it's more like I try not to get sucked in either way. So I'm just kind of needy, kill cat. But it's important to like what you're saying. If you know, so the reason you know, in my mind, how I use it and. and format it is so you know you're a five so it helps right. you then knowing of you know when it feels then of like when you're not a five when you're a seven or eight and you kind of yeah. know of like i'm aware like i need to get back to a five because that's my baseline right and that's what kind of helps reduce those thoughts in the mind of you know racing thoughts or just frustration of all right i know i'm like above i need to get back down not it's that thing i think when you don't know where you are like i just feel out of whack i just feel stress and you can't articulate, you can't put a number to it, you can't put a feeling to it. And also on the other side, of flip side of knowing that the happy side, right? You know what a one, a two or three feels like. Yeah. Just knowing of that awareness of where you are on the other side. Yeah. It's important, makes things. I feel a lot like more, yeah, mellow. It's more of like riding the waves of knowing of here's where I am and things will go up, things will go down. That's day to day, but. Right. As we keep moving on, and nothing ever, nothing ever takes me. Like I never, I don't think I ever feel the wave. Like it, it's pushing and stuff, but I don't fight against it. And uh, 
one of those things like I rarely get excited. You know, I'm not much for surprises. Just because again, like I'm an, I'm an even keel kind of guy. Like it, it's it's hard for me to go past that. You know, I have little emotions and stuff. Like when you when you gave me that Barry Sanders card, I was really excited. But that excitement lasts like 15 seconds, and I gave you a hug, and that was the end of that, and I move on with my life. You know. But those 15 seconds you play in my mind, like uh, <laughs> you know, one of those little comic book things you could like flip through and keep yeah. doing it for like three hours as a kid. Yeah, I, I guess you can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's where my mind is. It's always somewhere between the seven and twelve year old range. That's a nice place. I wish I was there. With that being said, of all this stuff about emotions and being seven to twelve, <laughs> I was I was in the process of doing my let it out now. So I'll share. Of, I feel like lion is almost misconstrued of like it's it's a silliness, and that's the whole thing. It's supposed to be silly. Let it out now is a funny acronym. The whole lion thing is, is a funny thing. Not taking it stuff so seriously, but you remember because it is silly and stupid. And that's the whole point of it. And sometimes it's serious, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's for me today of you know, more than usual, but I think a dead on your kind of day of what you do too, of taking a kid to school and then mm-hmm. with us having a new house of people in and out like doing stuff in the house trying to get it uh, painted and screens and windows and everything else going on all at once. Yeah. And uh, by the time I get, get my kids in the afternoon and then my, son, my oldest son had started a, a golf lesson today. And as, uh, as I share anything about my family, you know, sometimes he has a little trouble with sensory after, after school and he yeah. was excited about it, but he was just having difficulty like keeping composure and, not wanting me to be away from him at the lesson, so it was really tough of trying to work through that. And then the last funny part is, you know, now it's almost six o'clock, and thinking in my mind of the podcast here, thinking of our our, our meeting here, I'm like, all right, I pulled over before. I'm like, all right, we'll go to Chick Fil A. I'm gonna be smart. I'm gonna order online, <laughs> and so I just go through, just you know, scan it there in the mobile, just go past all the dum dums, just you know, waiting for the person to put in their order. Like, finally, you know, 44, I'm finally going to use this. I've never used it before. I finally used it. Go all the way through. And they're like, we don't have your order. Let me see the, the mobile app. Probably there's two Chick-fil-A's in Twig Forest, I found out today. There's not just the one. But thankfully, shout out to Chick-fil-A. that They were nice enough that they're like, no, no, it's okay. I have to drive to the other side of town. We'll make it for you here and give hey, it to Chick-fil-A's you. Chick-fil-A's like that. Yeah, which is great. Mm-hmm. And also shows me of like, you're 44. Stay in your lane, the right one. Just wait to order. <laughs> don't right. don't just type in Wake Forest and the address and think of like, yep, look at me. Yeah, I was all excited too because I had my scan ready for about five minutes. Three lights. I'm like, I got it. I'm ready. I know exactly where it's going to be. And like the whole game plan set up of like how I'm going to get around everyone. Yeah. So here I am. That's that's my letting it out. And sometimes it's silly. <laughs> sometimes it's serious. And it's a little bit of everything in between. And that's that's just honestly how I felt coming into right now. So as we start with any any podcast here, besides a number, what's your, what do you want to let out, or you can roar, or <laughs> or whatever, whatever well, the feeling takes you. That's the whole point. I, of it. I don't, I don't, I don't roar very much. I mean, mine sounds like a like a three legged cat that got hit by a bronco or something like that. No, I don't, it's I don't roar very much. Uh, probably the 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 thing that I experience mostly every day with the whole kids and family thing. Um, is preparing dinner every day that falls on my shoulders 
and and my wife's always been really big on having dinners together. Yeah. And I don't. I, I used to cook for fun. I really used to enjoy it, you know. And I make nice fancy things, you know, for myself, like high quality meals,、um, where I would take the time and I would spend the day and you know get my prep ready, the whole thing.、Um, now it's just get it in under thirty minutes, you know, after working all day. Ending at five, and get this dinner ready so that my everybody can all eat together,、mm-hmm. um, and then my kids have after school activities. You know, both of them dance、um, right after school. So getting I got a small window to get everybody fed and have a decent meal, you know, a colorful meal, and that's that probably that that brings me the most the most stress is getting everything done in that little window. Between five and six thirty, you know.、Yeah. Sometimes work runs late. Sometimes I have to do other things. Sometimes I don't have what I want. Sometimes the kids don't like what I have, you know. And I don't like to. I'm not. I'm not cooking for fun anymore. It's it's necessary, you know. It's like my second job. Do you feel you like、know? you? Like you were saying, so it's like the pressures put on you, or do you put some on、oh, yourself、yeah. too? Well, both. Both. I, I've I've laid the groundwork. Like I've already set the bar high, and it's hard for me to to jump the bar that I've already set. It's hard to step back, and maybe what we we're saying, what I was saying earlier. I think COVID changed a lot of things, right? When you're doing that without a choice for so long. Well, yeah, that's. I mean, I've, I've been doing it since Jennifer and I got married. You know, we play to our strengths, and that was the strength of just me being organized and preparing meals. And even when my children were born, you know, they were young. It was getting my my wife and I a meal, and then preparing the meal for my for my child, which sometimes was just you know, roasted sweet potato mashed up in the food processor at that time, or avocado mashed up something. But I was the one preparing it regularly, you know, and it just kind of stuck, and it's been there ever since. You know, so part of me is always like, man, I can't wait. Like my daughter's 15, I can't wait till she's 18 and out of the house. You know, just that's one less mouth to feed and one less person to please with the meal. You know, and my son, you know, he's six years away from out of high school, and I'm like, man, you know, that's gonna be one less mouth to feed, one less mouth to please. What are you, you gonna do when they come back and like, oh, I want dad's home cooking? Well, that's that's different. That's once in a while, but it's not an everyday ask. You know, and most of the <laughs> I put、what、it on my. What if thirty-two at home like that? That's <laughs> what we have for dinner. That's all right. That's all right. that. That would be my pleasure. That would be my pleasure. But、mm-hmm. now it's my now it's my pain. You know, but I stick with it. I stick with it. I think I'm walking the Harris Teeter aisles yesterday. I'm going up and down the aisle like wanting to roar, as you would say. <laughs> you know, that's how you let it out. And, but in the middle of Harris Theater, it would have had me committed. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully one day I'll be like, no, it's just he just listened to Dead Anyone, and that's <laughs> everyone gets it. it. It it literally all starts this this whole thing started over COVID because the lion thing because and this ties into Dead Anyone, of course, because it was、um, a social worker that was running a group actually in Massachusetts, and I saw her on CNN actually. I already heard about her. That she just started like a women's group where they would go to a park during COVID and just yell and scream because, you know. And I'm not saying it shouldn't. This shouldn't be the case, obviously. That、right. women being stressed, moms of like can't get together.、Yeah. But I would just sit there like a crazy person, like at the TV, like but dads too, like we're yeah, 
you know, where, where's that? Where's the, where's the yelling and screaming? I'm like, well, right. maybe we'll make it a roar. I don't know. Maybe make it a lion. That's, you know, maybe one too many cocktails one night. I'm like, I'm going to call it lion. There we go. Let it out now. That works. And then Holly would just look at me and say, I'm going to bed. So that's, <laughs> so do you feel like you think that I feel like there's also the opportunities and I, and I know you're a perfectionist. So I feel like when I say this, I already know the answer, but Hey, I wouldn't kill a few minutes if I didn't ask like using like the different apps or different, like the apron or things like that. Like having the pre-made meals where it's supposed to be easier. And Yeah. Uh, so part of that is looking at those products and having the ingredients shipped to you or having some of the stuff pre-made. Mm-hmm. I look at it. I'm like, man, I can't justify that cost because I can do them myself. Like if you give me the, the end product, I already know how to get there, you know, and I could just go to the store and buy my own ingredients. Um, at the same time, I'm also not the one like the, the, the benefit of those things is that it's already planned out for you. Right. So it saves you the time. So right. maybe stressed on one end, but hey, you might have a little less of like, well, you just got to throw it together. Yeah, you could do it, but. Right. I mean, yeah. the, I, I, like outsourcing that works. You know what I mean? I'm sure. It does. I didn't know if you tried it or not. Or yeah. willing or able. No, I, I, I tried it. I tried it. I'm definitely able. It's, it's I guess there's something there's something in me that I don't want to spend the money for something I can do on my own. I guess, you know, mm-hmm. maybe I'm not maybe I'm not taking that value into consideration. Maybe I'm too much worried about the cost instead of what it's worth. Yeah, yeah could be. Could always be a subconscious thing, too. Of You know, you made it with your bare hands. There, it's your meal. You know, it's like, yeah, and there's a there's a sense of pride to that. Like when sure. I serve a meal and it's like the first time I've ever made it for my family. Um, and everybody's like, oh, this is awesome. Like, there is a sense of pride to that. Like, yeah, I, I did that with my own hands. And, and, you know, I had a hunch that you guys would all like it. And it works out great. Sometimes it doesn't work out. And that drives me nuts. Because I'm not doing it for fun. This is work for me. Let me know if you ever do uh, French chicken and waffles. I will come over for that. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. So we, to give a little background of my friend here, Caesar, that, yeah, I think you mentioned earlier that we did live together for a little bit in our early formative years. So I feel like you're 18, 19 years old when you're like, all right, this is, this is something new, but I don't know what yet. Yeah. Time of life. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I always think it's a special thing that you and a few other people that I've known for that long that still keep in touch with and mm-hmm. honestly still want to talk to. That's <laughs> part B of it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I wanted, I wanted to ask you on because I think not just knowing you for so long, but I think your perspective and I think as you've been saying here has, has kind of evolved and changed as mine has too, obviously, throughout the years. And I think when I hear your story or hear what's going on in your life. I feel like you've taken that role of dead ennial and kind of ran with it in your own way. Yeah. I think, I think that you see and, and see the differences of your dad and how he grew up and no doubt. how he raised you. And I think you've kind of evolved of for yourself of there's no template, right? There's no guide of how to be a dad in this, this day and age. So you're trying to figure it out on your own, but you're not trying to repeat the learned behavior. And that's the hardest part. 
And that's the biggest challenge. So when I hear your story, it's encouraging. It's also, you know, fun to hear because I think you definitely see things through a different lens and you do things your own way. I think that's what makes you you. So that's, 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 that's funny. I, 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 would, I wouldn't call it fun to hear. I find it very mundane. But What's hey, that? whatever entertains you, bro. What's that? <laughs> no, the whole like just being the debt, the suburban dad. I find it very mundane. It's 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 well, very the same, you know, <laughs> every day. But that's you're right. <laughs> you're not wrong in that. But that then ties into of why you need the support. Why why it feels so mundane and like alone too, right? Because yes. you're trying to figure it out without the support. So it can just feel like you're just another day of me bringing the kids in, me doing dinner. Like yeah. it's not, it would feel different. I guess the point I'm trying to make is if it would feel different if you had even a weekly or monthly group of guys, whatever, like that all made dinner for mm-hmm. the big families. You could exchange ideas, recipes. It would feel so much different for you if you like knew of five other guys that did the same thing as you. And you would feel more supported. You'd feel like, all right, I'm not the only one going through this. I'm not the only one f- trying to figure this out and get through, like, you know, almost like a prison sentence, like putting like on the wall another week, another cross. <laughs> yeah. You'd, so that's the whole frame, the mind frame of that I think about it as of like, it feels more mundane. It feels more blah sometimes because mm-hmm. no one really gets it, right? And I think so many people just, doing it and just you know learning on on, on the fly it's trying to change the learned behavior knowing that you know a lot of the things that have changed so much since since our parents generation for raising a kid and yeah more than anything i'm just trying to find that guide that creates some templates some support something that people can listen to that is suburban dads from all over and different ideas and different thoughts and different lenses of how they see the world and how they handle things and yeah that hopefully just kind of breeds that support and right. so gives that I've, of like i'm not alone right so i've i've noticed like you know we've been doing this for i've been with children for 15 years i have tried to find other dads out there that kind of are in the same boat and some of them are you know some some of them mm-hmm. uh, that I, I can I can communicate with you know sometimes it's a neighbor or one time it was a neighbor the last 10 years there's been like in my daughter's dance school they have a they have a dad's dance that happens at the middle of the recital and for about six weeks all these dads of the girls that are there we get together on a Sunday and we rehearse this dance number that's going to be at the recital we're going to do it three times and it's two and a half hours rehearsal um and it's the closest thing to a team that I've experienced since I was playing ball back in high school. You know, to have that team environment and to have guys, you know, joking around like they're in the locker room, like 30, 40, 50 year old men, just hanging out and having that kind of experience. So I've, I've, I've intentionally looked for that because I, I've, I've experienced how difficult it is and how lonely it can be to be, you know, a dad that doesn't, that dad doesn't get a whole lot of support. And I don't know if there's like a, a male stigma to that. Like, like we're not we're not having Julia Child's parties, you know, and trying to figure out how to make French cuisine. Those Tupperware parties? Oh, we're not well, we're not doing that. Listen, you know? we're gonna we're gonna package French French <laughs> French duck and waffles, man. 
<laughs> hey, I'm telling you, it's dope. It's delicious. But you know, like I, I remember my mother. You know, she'd have my friends over. You know, my best friend growing up, my friend Joe, who you met when we were in school. You know, he was my buddy through since kindergarten because my mother met his mother, and they would hang out. And we had the five kids that was me, my sister, and him and his two sisters. We would be together all the time. Yeah. And it was that support system. She had another mom there that she trusted. And sometimes my mother needed a release, and she just dump us off at their house, or they would be dumped off at our house, you know. And for a while, the moms had that that freedom, you know, or they would just leave us together somewhere, go play, and they would have a cup of coffee, you know. That's exactly it, though. Okay. But that's when I say of the learned behavior and the norms. So that's what women in general have as like the norm and what's learned behavior. And even what you're describing of like the the six weeks with dads, of you realize how good that feels and, and how much you want to keep that going, but you just don't know how. Right? You don't and have that tools and templates. It's, just, it's only it's only six weeks, but because of that, because like I've tried to join other communities, like I was part of the Carolina Voices. You know, it's a, it's a local choir here in Charlotte, and you know, just to do something different. You know what I'm saying? You audition, you get in, and you're part of a group. And like I said, that that feeling of being part of a team, even if it's not something specifically for the children, but that part that that fills that need to be part of a group, kind of temporarily gets fulfilled. You know, knowing that you had that you're a significant part or a significant member, a participant of the group, that if you're not there, they're gonna miss yep. you. What you've said in the last couple of minutes is is perfectly summarized of. Right. Why Why we're talking today is yeah. me of like pretty much in my own weird little quirky mind of saying, F it, I'm going to find a way to do this. Yeah. yeah. And my backstory is when when we had my first kid, it was kind of always planned of, all right, if I was a therapist, I could then just work nights and evenings and I could be home. Like we try to find a way of how can we have kids in this modern day without the support of grandparents mm-hmm. on a day-to-day basis and make it work and make enough money. And this was started planning when I went back to grad school in like 2012, 2013, when we first got married. When we have kids, if I get my master's and my independent license and I have that flexibility, I don't have to be there nine to five. I guess we'll do something on the side. I think that's part of it too. Like being a dad, you also need to be a therapist too. And that was, that was part of that weird thing too. Like, what do you do, right? That's one of the first things that guys will say to each other if they don't know each other. Like, hey, how are you doing? I'm like, so what do you do? That's right. And if you say dad, I'm just kind of a stay-at-home dad. Like, oh, okay. Like, not, so even, not that it's even a bad thing. It's just of... I don't know. Somebody said that to me, I'd give him a hug, yeah. Yeah, well... <laughs> but nobody ever says that. <laughs> so to go back of... So 2017, picture it. We'll go back here. So, yeah, how the whole thing started is I didn't realize and what I learned, I took a hard lesson. I think other people that I've talked to have similar experiences in their own way of what like a male postpartum looks like. Because when Holly went back to work of I'm home alone with a kid all day, I stopped working altogether to take care of him because I think she started a new job too, my wife. It was that feeling of where do I belong? Where do I fit in? Why do I feel so emotional all the time? I didn't know that was really a thing until I've researched and seen more and more that this is actually a thing. And 
Um, I knew my wife was part of a, a mom's club in town, and she would do things um, with them and, and the kid. So I just asked of, can you ask them? Because they go to the playground during the morning times. Can you know? Can I join? Just tell me where they, which playground they're going to. Mm-hmm. No, they wouldn't do it. They didn't want a guy around. Yep. And I was like, wait a minute. This is where it started dawning on me, and, and I think this was when you started seeing more of going back to like the Me Too movement when it really was picking up pace of we're weeding out the old garbage and what was what we you know what is a bad being a bad male being a bad guy to women to, to people and I think our generation we already kind of understood of like from our dad's generation of yeah this is bad behavior and now we're kind of weeding that out and now I've always felt since then of well we're stuck like we now know what the norm is of this is what a bad guy is at work and how you should act and how you should behave, which was long overdue. But now it's that inclusivity of making like, yeah, if you want guys to be more involved and more emotional and, and better human beings in general than our parents' generation, well, why can't a dad go to the park? Why, you know? Let's talk about it. Let's have that conversation of, all right, we're not in the house. We're not like doing something that could make someone feel uncomfortable per se. It's we're at a park. There's other people around. So even if there was some reason that you maybe felt uncomfortable. So what, you know, why, why is it then okay for them to go back to those stereotypes and norms? Why can't we keep moving forward from that movement into let's get more guy groups? Because even Hollywood would be like, well, you can start a guy's group. I'm like, okay, how? Like, I, right. Like, so I'm like a, just Facebook of like lonely dudes. Like, I'm going to not get dads. Trust me. If I just type in lonely dudes. Right. <laughs> right. That's where it all kind of spawned from. And yeah, I feel like regularly too, with taking Nolan out when he was younger of coffee shops, you know, grocery stores, wherever I take him, uh, you know, I'd either get, oh, that's so nice. You took the day off or just that like over, overcompensation of like, oh, it's so great to see a dad with her kid. I'm like, no, it's my every day. This is just normal. This is what I do. And it's just kind so of. So I wanted, I wanted you to hold that thought because there was a lady, I had done the same thing. I went to the park with my daughter. Mm-hmm. And these, this late, two ladies were there and they said, Oh, that's so sweet. You're babysitting. Or, Oh, you got the babysitting job today. And I was so upset. I said, No, I don't babysit. Oh. This is my kid. So I got this shirt. I love it. That says, Dads don't babysit. It's called parenting. Is that, is that copyrighted in the bottom? <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> I like it. We can we can we can National, have it. It's it's from the National At Home Dad Network. Oh, so I'm gonna to I'm gonna send this. I'm gonna send one of these shirts to you. Well, we'll give we'll give them a plug. Take a picture of the shirt, please, and send it to me. So I put it on my on my Facebook and LinkedIn, so people can go yes. to their site and definitely get that shirt too. Yes. And obviously, there's Dad Annual merch too that should be out soon. But you know, fantastic. But I wanted I wanted to share that with you because I got that a lot and it, it really upset me. I hear that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it does. Because it frustrates because I'm like, wait a minute, I'm trying to do it's like going back to the thing of like I'm trying to do what I feel like I'm supposed to do, what I'm like learning of yeah, I, I knew my dad's generation had a lot of shitty behavior as I learned of like I mean, hell, my dad even told, you know, my oldest son within the last few years of like you whistle any girl sitting in preschool like dad, we don't know. What what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> that's just not let's not teach that yeah. it's just that 
learned behavior normalcy for them. Like, no, this is not good behavior. It's not how you act. It's not how you talk to people. It's not how you. And yeah, and just trying to be that. I was in that conundrum of like going to the park alone and just seeing groups. Even now, even today, of like part of my frustration daily every morning. And it's definitely one of those things that I probably should let out more and do in my headspace or something is just knowing of when I drop my second off at preschool, that's all the moms get together and they hang out. They usually have coffee. I'm never invited. I hear it. I know it. I think this is kind of why I want to have the conversation. It's like I always would feel too of when I started writing about this, this, these thoughts. And that's why I started cutting me. That's why I started writing the book that I know, which hopefully maybe some publisher will hear if I got the next thing I want to get out there. But yeah, it's all these thoughts and feelings of kind of going through going through it all and especially of in that time of feeling alone and like where do I fit in where do I belong like I, I almost have had a push of like I, I need to at least work a couple hours a day just to feel normal just to say like I'm a therapist and I'm a dad so you know I, just, I would somehow that make me feel more normal which then of course I would get a question of like well is this being a dad enough I'm like it is but societally it isn't and I don't know what to do with it yet I'm trying to figure out of Right, it's always that feeling of being alone and isolation, and I think that's what was bred and normalized. Of my dad didn't have any friends; he didn't do much. He just worked. <laughs> that was pretty much it. Worked, slept, tinkered with cars, broke stuff, and tried to fix it and broke it again. Right. That was pretty pretty much it. And yeah, I think just hopefully having this thing here as being. Uh, something bigger, right? Like when I was asked of where, where where do I see it? Like I can envision this thing being national, right? Of like having national localized like support groups for dead annuals and mm-hmm. speaking engagements and kind of doing retreats and doing things where right, it might not be once you know, once a year, once every couple of months of having different retreats where guys can get away for the weekend and have therapist talk and and have just kind of get away and just kind of work on your own thoughts and feelings have that time i think a lot of guys feel guilty of taking time of like i need a day i need self-care yeah yeah you know i always feel guilty with that a lot of guys feel guilty of yes i I know like i need a spa day which i do do i do get one i do get a monthly massage so i do take my spa day and i love it (laughs) i don't do that oh you oh I, I, should. I should. Yeah. I get the, I get I get a pedicure once a quarter. I think that's the that's the experience. There you go. That's your spa day. Maybe we'll do like a you know, his and his, you know, couples thing. That sounds good to me. Oh. <laughs> I'm telling you, when your forties, even started my thirties, but my back I think you remember in Orlando would go out in my twenties. Yeah. yeah. Hasn't gotten out in fifteen years. So monthly massage. Just works it all out. Makes it feel good. I mean, yeah, I feel like I'm 42 right now. <laughs> nice. I'll take it. That's an improvement. <laughs> but no, you 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 do have a point though. Like there's for so long, um, I know when I was growing up, moms were really they became heroes. I think in like the 80s, where being a mom, they used to call it, that's a super bad job. Yeah. You know, and uh, and it was a it was a uh, a homemaker. Like it became more than that. Um, where they were actually doing a lot of, you know, the care, the, the, the child care of the children. Sometimes it'd be taking care of other kids, you know, mm-hmm. from other moms that were working. But there was pride in that. And I don't think it really has transcended to that, to male version yet. 
I don't think we're quite there yet where mm-hmm. a man can be like, I'm a stay-at-home dad and it's a full-time job. I think the way moms were back when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember every year they would come up with a, what would the equivalent be for a salary for a stay-at-home mom? Right. They used to, to ask show that of like, yeah, I should be making 130000 I think it's like probably 10, 15 years ago. But yeah, yeah and I think of just that normalization of pride, as you're saying, but of just feeling like that network, that support can change that mundane, can change that feeling of I'm a stay-at-home mom and here we go again. I got to make dinner. I got to take care of the kids. Got to get their lunches. It, it made it more bearable, right? Because you had everyone else of like, oh, my three kids, oh, my two kids. So it would make it of like, all right, I'm not alone. Everyone's suffering the same shit that I am. And that's what makes that mundane just feel a little bit better because, yeah, it, the day-to-day is pretty mundane. Right. And it doesn't help. I mean, also living in, in the suburbs, we're already so siloed in a way where we've come to a point where we have internet. Um, we live in our separate homes where mm-hmm. you really don't have to leave the house anymore. So mm-hmm. building Especially a community. Especially since COVID. Yeah. yeah. And, and we got really used to it during COVID. Right. We learned new house. behaviors. That's why it's always so hard. It's always funny for me when they say if like back to work and hybrid models trying to get people back. Like, no, no. You've established a new learned behavior. Right. You just can't undo that, people. Like these, you know, <laughs> it's our dad's generation there, those 70, 80 year olds holding out of like, we need people back five days a week. I'm like, no, you don't, ding ding. We all got. <laughs> no, you really we, don't. We, we, as long as, you know, yeah, for people that aren't in retail or certain jobs where you have to be there, obviously, right. Most jobs with high speed internet yeah. can you, function. You don't, you don't need that anymore. So, right. and we're creating our own isolation. And I think that that level of isolation is it's is taking us away from the opportunity to build that kind of dad community that you're talking about or something that you strive for. So I actually, I understand what you're saying, but I've actually tried to see it from the lens of doing it, doing having things, having the virtual option that has opened more doors. It's more open, but it hasn't been kind of incorporated of like, here, here it is, right? Like we wouldn't be able to do this. I'd be able to have sessions. I wouldn't, you know, I didn't have high speed internet now. Right. So I think the opportunities are there. Of like you can be more in, incorporating and inclusive. Mm-hmm. Now it's just kind of that post COVID drag of right. how do I keep it going or, you know, just trying to find new ways of, yeah. it doesn't have to be face to face. This is like a new normal of this, yeah. this feels more normal than it would four years ago. No doubt. This is, this is, and that I think we're forgetting too. I think we also have, because we're in this exennial stage. I don't know if you've ever seen this, of like 1975 to 1980 is the exennial. It's like we were the last little five years there. And I'm sure you remember this too, of that we grew up all the way through high school in the older way of no computers really, like no yeah. internet. Everything was like still no one doing decimal system, going to the library, do research, yeah. the whole nine, learning cursive. Yep. And then freshman year in college, it went from you know, desktops to laptops, having to go to the computer lab to everyone having a laptop by our senior year. Yeah. And, and just everything kind of changing so rapidly in four or five years that we were that last little five years there. Like we saw our, our childhood life in the old way and we easy to adapt because we we're still still so young. So right. we the only ones that can really see of how it is as a child in the old way and kind of see as an adult and understand that both sides. It's, it's a different perspective. I think you were saying it earlier, but I, w- I was curious. Like, like, what do you feel like is the biggest challenge now 
for us or for dad nowadays? From, from, the, from the change in generation? Just in general, like, what, what do you see today as, like, being dad is the biggest challenge? I know we were talking about different challenges and different thoughts and ideas on it, but... I, um, I think it's it's really my the level of involvement uh, that I've seen. I mean, I know the, the change from, from my father. Um, he was, you know, probably similar to a lot of people's father from that generation was you went to work, you came home. If you came home early enough and you were a nice dad, maybe you go play catch with the kid or, or you know, take the kid to ride the bicycle or go to the park or something, which my dad did regularly. He was really good about getting home at a good time, playing with my sister and I. If it was raining outside, we'd play board games or whatever. Uh, but he never really was the caretaker. Uh, we saw him sparingly, you know, between the hours of six and eight. Mm-hmm. You know, and somewhere in between that, my mother would, you know, take us to bathe us or whatever and feed us. Yep. You know, and my father was on the couch watching Jim Lehrer on PBS, PBS NewsHour. You know, that, that was that was our weekday thing. Weekends were a little more different. My, my dad was there all the time. Um, but again, the level of attention wasn't the same that I have to put now. Now, you know, it's it's a very much more of a t- team effort, 50-50 effort. Um, my wife and I, like I said, we play to our strengths. Mm-hmm. Uh, we both have to have like a active calendar. We both have access to it. Of course, it's digital, like everybody else. I'm sure, you know. So um, ours is a whiteboard. <laughs> is it really? It's old school. <laughs> Holly just does it like every month. She's like wipes it down. Like I'm like, God bless you. Like you wish yeah. I send it to me. Like, just like I tell her, like, just take a picture of it and send it to me. Like I can't, <laughs> I can't look at this thing every day. I don't. But the calendar, it's so dynamic. Yo. Everything changes. Like this morning, I just my kids signed up for a tournament. Uh, on Saturday that I just put in yesterday that I had registered for the tournament that's Saturday. You know, my daughter has a thing on Saturday morning, so at 7.30 she has a call time for this dance in Fort Mill, South Carolina. My son's going to be over in the middle of Charlotte at 8.30, so we got to divide and conquer. That's how we call it. Um, that's what it is. And tag, tag people in. Like, it's a tag team match. And, like, I don't know how some people with, like, three kids do it, because... With three kids, you're outnumbered. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes it feels like a battle. Yeah. Like you take one, you take, or it's like a basketball game, like a two on two tournament. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like one takes, one covers one, I got the other. Yeah. And you know, if they set a pick on us, we switch. Box you know down low. Box the yeah. elbows I, out. I mean, you have to do that, you know, figuratively speaking. Uh, but if people that have three, it, it, I can imagine it gets really three difficult. and above. I, I, God bless you all. I don't yeah, know. It's, I, I'm sure it gets hard. You know? I like I, I don't. I, I know one dad that has that has three girls. Um, luckily, one of the, the two of the girls they're a set of twins, um, and they have very similar interests. So they're always together. So it's kind of like two and a half, not really three in a way. You know, mm-hmm. although they also have their separate interests. Um, but he's him and his wife are constantly driving around soccer matches and they're going all over the country playing girls soccer. You know. And they're, they're all three girls are stellar soccer players. Oh, wow. It's a lot of work. And so that's the one thing that I've noticed is, is really changes that level of attention that dads have to give now because moms are in the workplace, mm-hmm. um, dads are in the workplace. Mm-hmm. It's really more like a 50-50 situation, especially if, if mom and dad both want to have careers. Yeah. Um, and with the kids' activities, getting dinner on the table um, 
and it's not only that, but like you're also running a business in your house. You know, you're you're trying to get your mm-hmm. your revenues and 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 you're paying your taxes and you're and controlling your expenses to make sure they don't exceed your your, your net growth. You know, your net revenue. You know, that's that's part of the process. You know, you know I, I wanted mean, to ask you uh, free. You know what I'm saying? When you would say like you had the household in your household, you had like from Biggie Ten Crack Commandments, you had your own version. <laughs> I still have that. I still have that. It gets it gets quoted re- re- regularly around here. Do Do you mind it's, sharing any of the uh, Ten Fernandez? The Fernandez family house rules. Uh, sure, so I have it on my called. phone. I'm going to pull it up for you because I wasn't yeah. I wasn't prepared to show it. So it's, I, just, I thought of it on the spot here for some reason. Just everything <laughs> we're talking about, just kind of like. And it was yeah. Biggie's birthday last week, which just made me feel old too. It's been 26 years. I'm like, geez, I remember <laughs> yeah, the day. I feel like an old person. Like, I remember the day that happened. I remember listening to the radio. Listen oh to my, my God, yeah. Yeah. Like the day that happened, I was, I was actually sad in high school. <laughs> I remember Tupac was the one that hit me hard because I think it was in September. Yeah, that was September. Yeah. September, I remember driving, we were, driving to we senior year. Yeah. We had lost the game on Friday or something like that. We had football practice on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And we were really distraught. <laughs> but um, so here, to, here it is. You don't have to give me more. You don't have to share the, the secret sauce. You can give no, me I'll, I'll, I'll explain to you why okay. I did it. So the, okay. first, the first thing why I did the rules was because I needed for them to be memorable. Mm-hmm. So that my kids would, would can quote it back to me and they weren't difficult to, to remember. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them was, the first one is super simple. It's called, called just don't talk to strangers. My my daughter was one that never met a stranger. Everybody was her best friend as soon as she met her. And that kind of concerned me. So I mm-hmm. had to reiterate that. Uh, the second one was don't touch what you don't understand. Um, which is, you know, something if you're not understanding, if you're looking at something and it doesn't it looks weird and you want to touch it, just hang back a little bit. Make sure you understand it first before you touch something. You know, you never know what it is. I feel like you also could name that just mind your business. Just yeah, yeah. Your business. <laughs> basically. <laughs> um, the third one was no blood, no foul. It's all just part of the game. It's all elbows. I don't, elbows. I don't even remember. It's basketball. There was a t-shirt. I think it was and one or something like that. I used to have a t-shirt. Of course it was. No of course. No foul from the late 90s. Yep. So, and, you know, kids all tattletale and crying about non- nonsense. You know, if nobody's bleeding, I don't want to hear it. Right. Um, the fourth one was nobody likes a rat, which meant basically I don't want to hear no tattletaling. You know, you tattle, you're the one that's getting in trouble, mm-hmm. you know, for being a rat. Um, also, sometimes it's nice to share. Like, I know my, with my sister and I growing up, we, we had moments where we weren't telling mom and dad. And that was, of us. like, we shared that secret. Even now to this day, we don't tell our parents and we're in our 40s. Yeah. You know? um, I'm sure my kids will be the same way. I hope so. I, I know my kids are. Um, sure and we, we, and we, we really we really uh, prioritized their togetherness and their closeness um, to try to make sure that, yeah, nobody likes a rat. Don't be telling secrets that your sister tells you. And likewise, unless somebody's mm-hmm. getting hurt, keep it to yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fifth one, never go against the family in public. You know, that was a thing. I don't think I thought it. Santino opens his big mouth ends up getting killed in, in the toll booth. Yep. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that never goes against the family in public was a huge thing because I didn't want to have to argue with my kid when I was out on the street. We'll mm-hmm. take it to the house and we'll discuss it later. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one was don't get high in your own supply. Um, again, that could be fun dip. That could be Cheerios <laughs> and three. You know, Tony Montana, you know, getting high in his own supply and messing his business up. But this one is really about humility. Uh, it was huge, especially my kids. They're, they're super smart kids. 
and I'm proud of that. But sometimes, I know children have a sense to get their ego inflated. Mm -hmm. um, and even parents will do it to their kids too. But we focused, we really tried not to, to keep them humble, you know, yeah. and be like, hey, there's always somebody better than you. Um, I've noticed kids that they have a hard time losing. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I know my, my son used to flip over the Candyland board when he was losing Candyland, you know. And we're one that we don't let the kids win in our house. But that was the thing. So keep them humble. The other one was stay cool, stay focused, stay away from drugs. Uh, that's uh, from Big Daddy, Adam Sandler. Mm -hmm. you know, he's on the playground. Just yep. try to keep it level. The eighth one was keep your pimp hand strong. Uh, that means if somebody chooses you, you better fight back. You know, don't let them, somebody walk all over you, try to take your money or whatever. You keep your pimp hand strong. You know? Uh -huh. um, <laughs> the ninth one is no one, no one gets left behind. That's more of a family rule. Like, yo, we, we got to keep each other up. We got to keep each other moving forward. Mm -hmm. Sometimes one of us needs support. You can't leave anybody behind. I got that one from G.I. Joe the movie. It's a line said by Sergeant Slaughter in G.I. Joe the movie. Yeah. From 1989, I think. <laughs> um, That's the classics. <laughs> the tenth one is you snooze, you lose. So don't sleep on it because you may lose an opportunity. The mm eleventh -hmm. one was only you can prevent forest fires, which means basically you are. It's like the amendments to the Constitution, right? <laughs> it's 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 you are you are responsible for your own actions. Mm -hmm. That was the thing I was trying to get uh, through to them. Yeah. And the twelfth one was check yourself before you wreck yourself, you know, mm -hmm. Ice Cube. Uh, Always. <laughs> and that that was really for you know just just making sure that you that you got your eyes eyes uh, dotted and your t's crossed, you know. Even if you're gonna be bullshitting, at least back up the lie good enough so we so, 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 so you don't get caught. If you're gonna be good at be good at <laughs> bullshitting. I mean, you know? that's that's honest. But yeah, I, so I and I did that, I, and I focused on it. And I shared it with several people, um, just because it's something. To re it was something to remember. It was comical, so it was humorous, so they would remember it and they would laugh and giggle, you know. But when I would say it, I would give the meaning behind it, and I would. Mm -hmm. It was like kind of a lecture in a way, because I don't, yeah. I don't talk very much in the house. But I would say one of the rules, and now they get it. Right. You know, I don't, I don't mess around if you break one of the rules. See, I wonder with the humility one. I thought about this in one of our last conversations too in the psychology sense and this ties in I hope we'll see we'll see where it goes I, I the general thing I see is like this maybe goes to the change of generational of what a parent was back in our day as kids and our parents generation was something that we don't want to repeat Right. So when we don't have that template and guide, we resort to something that we know, and we know how to be friends. That's something we always know. So I think, and this is obviously not courting anything here, this is just more of my own observation and kind of thought of, I feel like sometimes that we just kind of go with that easy norm of, I don't know how to deal with this. I, my parents would either hit me or verbally abuse or something, and I don't want to be that. I know how to be like, it's okay, Timmy. It's okay. Like, it's fine that you run on the wall. It's fine. It's, it's, you're, you're the best. You're, you know how to support, you know how to be a friend. <laughs> I guess. No, I, I think there's some truth to that of you go with what 
you do know, right? You you go with what's comfortable. Yeah. It's hard to be a parent because parent for many people is conjures up different images, different thoughts or ideas that can't be used now. That's right. the whole thing here. So wow. it's and I I say that too because even for myself of the one thing I use with my kids is I'm your parent first, your friend second. Right. Yeah. And you're not there's gonna be times where you're not gonna like me. And that's okay. And you can say you hate me. Not that I want to hear that, but that means I'm doing my job. Uh, if you're mad at me because I'm having to instill something in you, and I think it's also that reminder too of they don't know anything. Like they only know what they know. So whatever you teach them is what they know. Right. So unless you correct the behavior, unless you like be the parent, yeah, and doing it, which is hard. I, I don't think in any part it isn't. Of all right, I can't resort back to fear-based. I can't resort to scaring the you-know-what out of them, you know, yelling, like, you got to get through your head, but trying to find different ways to teach, and that's hard. That's There is more stress and pressure on us because for parents in general, of we're not creating fear-based, we're trying to create an actual a learning base, yeah. uh, trying to give you the tools to yeah. survive in the day that we know now. We'll see if it holds up in 20 years or not. Right. <laughs> it always changes and evolves, but I think Right, that humility, that kind of not getting the, you know, always thinking they're the best is because, right, we we know how to do that. We know of like how to be supportive of, yeah, you're the best. You'll 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 get them. You'll you'll yeah. do great, even though you might not even believe that, but you don't know how to correct that because you don't yeah. understand. And that goes to support too. Like if you had the support of like saying it, like I don't do it with my kid. Like he just doesn't get it you know like it just makes me mad and i don't i just kind of like yep sure whatever you're you're and just move on i think that that happens to a lot of a lot of people that don't so one of the one of the things that i that i uh that i stressed as a dad um early on Mm -hmm. and i got this from you know those 80s cartoons we used to watch was effort matters you know what i'm saying if, Mm -hmm. if you try your very best and i know i can feel that you're trying i can see it right and I think I'm pretty intuitive in that sense, especially when it's your own kid, you get to recognize their behavioral patterns. So you know when they're trying, they really are trying. Yep. Yep. If you're paying attention as a parent. Yep. Um, so for me, it was always effort. Yep. If you're trying your very best and you get your ass flipped, you're going to get a hug from me. Yep. You know, no no matter what. You know, That's like, very different. Yeah. I, I, I tell my son, to. like, like my son goes plays chess tournaments. He plays competitively. He plays against kids all over the country. Yep. And he loses. You know, he wins more than he loses. Thankfully, otherwise, I don't think he'd be interested if he lost as much as other players. Of course. But you know, if he goes to a match and he, you know, he has seven matches and wins, you know, four, that's a win for the weekend. You you won overall. You've lost. You know that the guy's better than you most of the time going in. He's a, he's a high-rated player, you know, if you lost. And you can tell that the effort is there. There's studying that happened before he got there. You know, he put in the work to even win those four games. That's right. a big deal. You know, one other thing, another example I'll give you is, is my daughter was has been taking dance lessons. She, she was like two, two and a half years old. Um, and she wanted to join the competition team here locally at the local school. And Jennifer and I were always against it. You know, it didn't seem like she really was that interested that she wanted the notoriety and she wanted the, the nice team jacket or wanted, you know, the trophies or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but one summer, 
she really focused on improving her dancing skill. We kept saying, no, no, we're not, we're not interested in putting that. We're not interested in you doing that. And then that summer of, of COVID, when like right that summer, the first summer of COVID, we were stuck in the house and she worked her ass off. She got her body right for dancing. She was working out every day. Um, she got stronger. Uh, we ended up, her and I now do a, every noon, uh, every Saturday at noon, we do a father-daughter workout. Yep. Um, and it all started with her wanting to be a better dancer and getting her muscles prepared for that. When she put in that work, we could no longer say no, right. that we weren't going to support that. And that's parenting. Yeah, that's the part of. So if, if effort effort was always was always the number one priority, mm-hmm. always, there was no winning or losing. That didn't really matter. That's yeah. That's the difference of being the parent, right? That's the hard stuff. That's like yeah. different than you remember, and yeah, your your daughter will remember, and you're creating that new learned behavior of going on of what she now knows as a dad when she gets into her own family wherever she goes in life that she now has a better understanding and a better learned behavior of what the roles of mom and dad could be like and what they were and healthy healthy relationships too right healthy habits you know we're talking about your dad of just watching Jim uh, Lear Jim Lear I mean, my dad wouldn't watch that. He'd be home later and just watching like the, the Nat Geo episodes on PBS. Anytime I see like the elephants in the wild, I'm like, I just see my right. dad just, just sitting no there, just sitting there stirring his scotch or whatever he was drinking there that night. Yeah. Like, yep. Yeah. I'm like, dad, why are we watching that? He's like, nope, don't touch it. Like, All right. Yeah. Yeah. Guess I'm watching elephants in the wild. All right. Jamie, I wanted to watch Alf. Why are we watching elephants in the wild? Don't get me started on Alf, man. <laughs> still, still hurt like 20 something years later, 30 years later with the ending. I'll take it away. <laughs> When he went up to Melmac. Mm. Oh, he got taken away. He got uh, caught by the uh, FBI the or whatever. Yeah, the government got yeah, him, man. I thought he yeah. went back home to Melmac. He's Area 51. He's been shaved down. and <laughs> oh, man. To, yeah, no. He's, he don't yeah. go by Alpha no more. He goes by 100531. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that's funny. But I wanted to say the other thing, too. I know you said about you know your friend first and or your parent first, friend second. Mm-hmm. One thing that I noticed, and my wife and I used to laugh at, at people who'd call their kids buddy. You know, hey, buddy, it was to console them. Um, I don't think I've ever called my son or my daughter buddy ever in, in their existence. Uh, I, I don't think I've ever been in a position to be called their friend. And I think it's because I was always, when the way I grew up, uh, I... I was it was repeated to me over and over again by my mother and father that we are not equals right you know and there was no talking back to my parents um you get popped in the mouth or you get a belt you know what i'm saying we it, my mother made it very clear we are not equals and i had always i was always afraid to put that friend uh relationship front and center with my kids at any moment um, yeah, we play around and stuff, and, and uh, that's normal yeah. stuff. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I'm always open, and my arms are always open if you want to talk and stuff and hang out, and we'll do that. And I, I try to, and I try to, I try to make those friend moments, but I just never call it friendship. 
So if they have an interest, I'll try to take an interest in that interest. Like yeah. my son watches anime. All right, I'll watch anime, see what he's into. Or my daughter yeah. has her favorite book. You know, I want to read the book so that we can talk about it and we can have a shared interest and have a moment. And I'll make that effort. You know, yeah. I just have, I, I've never called it friendship. Well, I think it's also how we define it, right? I think different people different define it differently. I think I say it sometimes, even for myself, as a reminder, as kind of a mantra of, right, I'm your parent first, I'm your friend second. So by that, I think friend is, to me has different connotations of friend as with my three and six year old looks like watching cartoons with them and engaging. Like we're going to like monster truck, we're going to monster jam on Sunday. They love all the trucks. They love the, you know, the one looks like a shark, one looks like a squid. And they're all excited yeah. about that. Like, that's friendly to me. Like, yeah, I'm your parent. I'm taking you as your parent, but <clears throat> something we do is like friendly kind of kind of thing, too. You. Like, we'll get popcorn, we'll have fun. I also see it, too, of as adults as we are, I wouldn't mind having my dad as a friend now, right. like more friendly than like, you know, he's not in a parent role anymore, right? When you reach yeah. a certain age, of it does shift. Yeah. And, you know, you're, you're, you're creating the, the parenting so when they do have the tools to be on their own but then it, I feel like in my mind at least it will have a smoother transition of that friendship of we've already kind of created of we do fun things we've you know <clears throat> go out to different shows or do things together that we have a base of friendship so when yeah. we are you know there are adults that it's not something like foreign and weird and different of, right, right. which I feel like it would be for me if, like if my dad just called me it was like Want to hang let's on? spend a weekend together like whoa 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 what's going on here why do i have to praise my like yeah that would that would, we don't have that base it's always a it was the fear-based parenting of you know wait till your dad gets home like oh boy yeah no yeah you and heard was, that a lot wait till your dad gets home watch what i tell him that was a common one and then, yeah and then my, my sister and i would go run and hide the belt before he got home yeah, mm-hmm. but, yeah. or even like when i had like uh school breaks of so, spring break or whatever it was like can you take off like half a day and just spend some time with them like do bowl i don't know do something with them <laughs> like they don't have to dad we're good we're good. <laughs> i'd rather not no but you make a good point it's, it's true like it, it's the definition of it yeah you're creating friendship moments you're just yeah, you just have the a- connotation you have that yeah. learned behavior of i don't know what that is but you do know what it is it's just yeah no, you're different right. than, than than how people see it yeah it's, it, it always is to me and i think probably to you too for a lot of it is it's like an edge sketch like we're just starting over like we're just everything's new everything's different yeah there's very little here that i can like keep in the edge sketch here <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just turning knobs and seeing where it takes me that's pretty much Indeed. how i felt today i want to thank everyone for listening i want to thank everyone for subscribing to Dead O'Neill and on your favorite podcast platform. We are on Apple, Spotify, and on many others. I want you to be able to go to deadoneal.com, D-A-D-E-N-N-I-A-L.com, Facebook, LinkedIn. I'll be trying to put up at least one weekly blog kind of idea for a lion or something that's going on this week or a post that you people put out there on Facebook. Nice post, please, on LinkedIn things like that to, to let me know how this is helping or things that are on your mind or questions or thoughts that I can bring up on the show. I'd love to hear them. I'd love to know what your feedback is. I hope to be continuing more and more of these. I know Dad O'Neill can 
be in your neighborhood too. So let's all work together. Let's show our support. Let's show how much we are all lions and all ones as dead today. Thank you.